Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim, Tim and, Dan and Danny. Danny, where we explore the world of hospitality, hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. Sorry for messing with you. It's okay. I tried to throw you off kilter, it's, but it's you okay. nailed it. Yeah, you nailed yep. it. Um, Danny, Got my composure. Yeah, you did. Eye on the prize. Uh, I've seen a lot of you this week. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen each other a good amount. Yeah, some might say it's too much. Face probably time, just perhaps. Shannon would say that. She might. <laughs> you might say that. But it, well, let's see. It's Thursday. Yep. This is our fourth consecutive day of spending time it together. It is. Yeah. We're gonna... Significant amounts of time. Yeah. Are we setting a record? It could be. Have we ever done this before? I don't think so. Wow. It started out on Monday. Mm-hmm. We had the David Posey Presents Yum Yum Open Golf Outing. That's right. At Sunset Valley. Yep. Under... Cloudy skies and of... much rain. <laughs> yeah, I, woke, I woke up Monday morning like, well, I guess that's not happening. But sure enough. <laughs> it sure was. Actually, and it was fun. It, I, I'll tell you why it, why it was okay. I mean, it rained more than it didn't rain that day. Right. Um, but here's why it's okay. A, it wasn't cold. B, it wasn't windy. If you throw either one of those into the mix, I would have been an unhappy camper. Yeah. Also, it was nice. We got to eat with Jim beforehand and... Uh... Yeah, it was a scramble, which helped, so there wasn't a lot of pressure on each shot. That's true. For a, a non-avid golfer like myself and Jim, it, was, it takes the pressure off, but I was conscious of the fact that we may have been annoying Danny, who takes golf. No, Some I, might say too no, seriously. I was, I was having a good time. I was drinking, which I usually don't do on the course. Yeah, when you cracked that first beer before the round even started, I knew we were going to have a nice time. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to be a super uptight a-hole the whole time. Yeah, no, you're never uptight on the course, but yeah, you are. You're a little anal on the course. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair, you but know. you have to be. I mean, you're getting results. What's your <laughs> handicap now? Yeah, I'm around a six. Yeah. Were there any things that uh, you're? This, this is my second time out this year. Mm-hmm. I golfed last Friday. I golfed three <laughs> days prior to make sure that it wasn't a complete disaster. But I feel like I did okay. Yeah, you did well. Yeah. Um, were there any times you were like, I can't believe I'm playing with these sh- schmucks? No, no, not at all. And if there were just a fun things like that, it. would you feel comfortable enough to tell me yeah, I that I'm a complete piece of crap? No, yeah. I think uh, having done that event before, it's like you know what to expect. And mm-hmm. uh, the four of us are really good friends or we have like a good rapport together. Yep. Um, so it was just like fun to be out there. It was fun. A uh, couple no-shows, John Shields. Where were you? <laughs> I was calling out John <laughs> and Sue on. Where were you? Yeah, that's I mean, these true. Are, these are guys I look forward to seeing on the course. Yeah, huh? It's a good question. Uh, we I guess did, we'll have to answer. Yeah, we did finish five under. We did not yeah. the best scramble. No, we were top score. five out of like twenty-five teams. Yeah, I think the winners were um, like twelve or thirteen under. Yeah, so. that's pretty solid for yeah. a scramble. For, for I want to sure. know who was in that foursome. Yeah. I did not win the uh, uni pizza oven. That was the, the raffle <laughs> prize. I'm a little sore about that, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so that was Monday. Time. That was yeah. Monday together. Yeah. And that's then, all, we're only on Monday. <laughs> yeah. And then Tuesday, we uh, filmed a segment with Mindy Siegel at the bakery um, in which, do we want to, I guess we could tease the premise. Yeah, we could tease the premise a little yeah. bit. Yeah. In her interview for Joiner's podcast, Danny revealed that he had not smoked pot or gotten high since college. Correct. I think he has had a complicated relationship with the cannabis uh, product. <laughs> yeah, the, plant. The, yeah. Yeah, the plant. The uh, plant. It's complicated. But uh, so we, we aimed to rectify that and uh, make a couple dishes with Mindy. That was a lot of fun. Oh, so that was a, a full afternoon with Danny yeah. and Mindy, which was great. Yeah, Always we, a good I thing. think the whole time I was like, are we 
you know, wasting Mindy's time here? Is she, she has fun with getting us, impatient? Yeah, no. I, she seemed good. very. She was a very gracious host and uh, a very willing participant in the concept. Correct. So that was Tuesday. Yesterday was Wednesday. We went out to dinner. Uh, we tried a Thai place with uh, maybe the most the most serious food people that I know: Ronnie Kaplan, Mike Sula, Ronnie's son Lucas. And tall, and tall yeah. from the reader. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a, a table of critics. And I'm always intimidated in a situation like that. I don't know if you are, Danny, because you kind of hang no, with that crew a lot. I'm not intimidated, but I think that your point is very valid. Like, we've eaten with them before. And it's like, when you're eating food, uh, normally, I guess, without, like, a critic's perspective, you know, you're, of course, evaluating it. And you are probably being critical to some degree. But when you're with other professional critics and they, their degree of insight is just much different. It can like start to affect. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never want to be the first to comment on a dish. (laughs) I could be like, man, I don't know. I'm kind of digging this. They're like, that's fucking sucks. (laughs) No, I, I mean, yeah, I used to feel like that for sure. But now, yeah, just interesting how, you know, Tim and I thought it was like, we enjoyed the meal and everything, but it Mm -hmm. was it like, among the best Thai places in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, everyone like, loves no. Arroy. That Arroy is like the gold standard in Chicago yeah. in that crew. Yeah. I, I'm also of that belief. Um, so I think everyone's trying to see like how it compares yeah, to how Arroy. it stacks up. And it, and it didn't. It um, didn't quite get there. But I think but Tim and I enjoyed some it more good than the yeah. rest of the people. I will say this. There was a papaya salad. There, there are eight papaya salads on the menu. <laughs> the one we got was so spicy that I was like... <laughs> I, I like eyes watering went silent you can't yeah i wasn't even talking and i was like i can't comment on how spicy this is or my irish tongue will make me look like an idiot no i had a brief hiccup uh period like i ate it and then i was like having the hiccups for like that is a, a few thing. minutes the, and then it like I, I just kept eating through and it went away the spicy hiccups yeah yeah so I was relieved when every single person at the table revealed that they were completely destroyed by that papaya salad (laughs) because it was like, like I was out of commission for at least 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, ice water, but you made made it through. We made it through in the The other cabbage was a great tip. I don't think I ever like put that together. Yeah. That was from tall, I think. Yeah. So that was day three. Day four, we just recorded a wonderful interview. That's right. That I think everyone's going to enjoy. Yeah, with Samantha Lee from Hopewell Brewing. That's right. Right here in the neighborhood of Logan Square. Yeah. A brewery that's, uh, I think they're on the verge of being around eight years. Yep. They opened in 2016 Mm -hmm. in the first part of the year, I guess. It's run by three friends who went to college together, two of whom are married. Yep. Um, We we pick apart that dynamic a little bit and talk about uh, growing a business together. And uh, it was a good talk. Good insight into the idea having an idea of starting a beer company and taking it from hobby through full execution and, and how they've gotten to where they're at now, which is a fully functioning tap room and brewery. Yeah. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Samantha Lee. Samantha, Hi. welcome in. Hello, thanks hey. for having me. So you're yeah. from Chicago? I am. Where in Chicago? Um, so I was born around Rogers Park, Okay. Um, but then my family moved around a bunch. We were in Pilsen for a little while, and then what's now the West Loop. Okay. Growing up, though, I always said, um, I'm between Greektown and the United Center. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because that's where the West. So we on like, is. yeah, were you like Madison Monroe? Madison and Ada. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's I where. I live at uh, Lake and Ada. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was a funny place to be a child. Yeah, that does seem. No parks. Yeah. Yeah. How like, old were you when you were in the West Loop? Uh, between probably seven to eighteen. So it was full blown meatpacking. Yes. Then. Yes. So oh. I remember trying to have some alone time, you know, walk around. It makes me sound so old. Walking around <laughs> Fulton Street and seeing fish scales, you know, yeah. and like smelling yeah. everything. Yeah. But there was that one, there was a cafe, I don't know if it's still there, called Jupiter. It was like I Mars Art Gallery on, on Fulton. It's like the one, the one place that you could go to as a teenager. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, That'd be interesting. Marche was around. Yeah. yeah. I worked at a, like a chocolate cafe on Ooh. Randolph Street in high school. Do where... you have an affinity for chocolate still? Yeah. I never got sick of it. My job was to stock the display case. Okay. Um, I worked during the holiday seasons. And so I would wear like, the choice was wear a red nose or the deer antlers. Um, <laughs> I, I, chose, I do both. I chose the antlers. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my job was to stock the, the chocolate display case. Whoa. And I... Was this done? A lot. Was this yeah. done artfully? Whereas it was it was creative really, was merchandising. So, it. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your first yeah. job? No, I worked at uh, the Palace Grill. That was okay, my first job. that's still there. That's still there. Yep. Yeah, George's place. Walk my doing? dogs by there every day, yeah. and yeah. I seldom eat. I think I've eaten there one time. Yeah, it's uh, very much like a post Bulls yeah, and Blackhawks for spot. sure. It wasn't when I was there. Um, it was a lot of like cops, mm-hmm. and I yeah, because right across the street yeah. there's that uh, what is like a. I don't even know, like a credit union or something it's, for cops. There's a credit union for cops, and then there's like a call center. Um, that's where I got the world's smallest tip once. Ooh, oh, was tell this story. <laughs> one penny. It well, so this uh, gentleman I was serving was like, "Would you like the world's smallest tip?" Which is like, how do you respond to that? Ugh. Yeah, I'm like, I'm fifteen, sixteen. Oh, right? yeah, that's uh, weird. I'm like, I don't know. I just want you to leave. Uh, <laughs> he pulls out a penny the size of, it's like the half half of a pinky nail. Okay. A tiny penny. A tiny penny. And a he's like, I eh, get it. Smallest tip. Please leave. <laughs> Security. <laughs> Did he actually leave a nice tip after no. that? No. Oh, that was it? No, that was it. No, the tip Did was he leave that tiny it. penny behind? Yeah. And the story got, to share for a that. lifetime. Oh, so right. the tiny penny still right. framed up, I, I hope, wish. well today. I wish. Was it copper? I didn't. <laughs> did you, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an was important it question. Gold? Did you bite into it I, to make sure? I don't know what I did with it. I wish I still had it. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I know. Okay, <laughs> so so after so you, so fourteen fifteen, you're working at mm. Palace Grill. Then you're on to bigger right. and better things. Very bigger smart better things. person, I assume. If you went to U of I, super smart. Okay. Very smart. <laughs> so so is that like? Did you know right away? Like, I want to go to U of I. Um, no, I really had my heart set on like a small artsy liberal arts school like I had a vision of myself you know as a high school student I was like this is what I'm gonna do I listened to a lot of Andrew Bird so, <laughs> yeah you know like yeah <laughs> painting a that's a romantic uh right vision right uh but then, come up to Lake Forest College right, yeah, right. <laughs> and my parents were like well uh this is what student debt is mm-hmm. because my both my parents had student debt uh, and it took them a long time to pay for school. Um, so we had a frank conversation, mm-hmm. me leaving in tears, but also really happy that um, I went to U of I. It was a really good experience. Yeah. Um, I, really good bang for your buck. Great. 
great pain. <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real. Yeah, it if was you're, great. If you're an in-state student, it's totally very good. And I, I had a great experience. I was not, I'm still not really a sports person, so I did take that from U of I, but it's such a big yeah. school that yeah. you can really find your, I was a vegetarian at the time. I was really into like biking, go to the farmer's market and arches and, you know. Every, everything liberal arts. Right. So, so did, you can make that experience. Yeah. Um, did you vibe you down there? Like I, my best friend went to U of mm-hmm. I. He was a year, year younger than mm-hmm. me. And I would go down to visit and... I'd, I mean, I'd go for, like, unofficial and things like that. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, my, I couldn't imagine going to a school this yeah. big. But I would imagine on a campus that large, yeah. it's big enough that there are many groups within yeah, there. Totally. so many everywhere. Totally. Like you it feels find, like a city. Yeah. And that's how I found Jonathan and Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan I met first, and then he introduced me to Stephen, who were married and have a child. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. long after that meeting did you guys become a romantic couple you know, we've been together since i was 19 we were 19 i was 19 he was 20 wow it's a sophomore year yeah wow and i'm 30 turning 36 wow wow it worked out so there's never a will they or won't they situation it was just like th- there are yeah we moved it. out to portland oregon together um and what brought you to portland he's always wanted to work in beer that's okay. like always been the thing he wanted ever since i've known him very he's a very determined person very focused um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. <laughs> what was your major? Uh, media studies. So okay. a lot of sort of, uh, like critical theory applied to media broadly, um, advertising to film to, yeah. um, sort of feminist critique of, of media, which I loved, but has very little application other than I'm really good at watching TV. <laughs> I mean, like this is what's wrong with this. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a beer resume, but you've made it. Yeah. Part of the business. Right, right. Totally. <laughs> um, but I did AmeriCorps out in Oregon. So I, I'd always wanted to do something in either um, like public service, uh, public policy, working in nonprofits. So that's that's what I did um, for most of my 20s. Yeah. What was yeah. the beer in Portland that brought uh, your, your now husband out for? Uh, well, so he worked at Widmer Brothers, which is now part of... I don't know. There's been a lot of like yeah. M&A in the space. Yeah. Um, they were they became part of the AB network and then mm. were sold recently. Um, but there was a red IPA in Oregon that we loved. They had Oregon at the time. Portland had crazy happy hours. So like 20 ounces of beer for three dollars, like dollar fries. And we were very young. And yeah. That's how we like to spend our time. Um, and so there was this one brewery, Laurel Wood out in like northwest portland we spent a lot of time there and that's we just like we drank a lot of that beer and thought about all right what would we do if we had our own thing it's mm-hmm. like the constant yeah the so constant is that always thing. in the back of your mind you're like man when we do it yeah. we're gonna do it this way yeah for sure that's cool every time we visited a space um and i don't know if you've had the same experience like also being business owners like when as you were approaching that like nexus in your journey that the years following up to it you're just always looking at things around you and and thinking yeah. about this is the way i would do it yeah even if it's yeah. not that intentional i right. think you're always I, I remember talking about this with lily and joe at nine bar like mm. they were they would go to bars and they were just kind of always keeping a checklist mm-hmm. in their mind like this is something i like this is something i do different and then right. you've got you you kind of look at that inventory in your mind and you're like wow i guess i kind of do have and this I, right. rough draft of a business plan. Right. And we, the three of us had always been doing that um, until it became a point. Like, well, 
maybe this is what we want to do, the three of us together. Yeah. Let's come home. Let's all go home. After Oregon, we lived in um, uh, New York for a little while. And um, Yeah. Brooklyn Brewery. Yes, correct? that's where Stephen worked. I worked yeah. at uh, Open Society Foundations, which was uh, used to be called Soros Foundations, okay. but there's a reason they changed the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is yeah. a good reason. Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys, so this is like right after graduation, you guys went out to Portland, mm-hmm. and then Jonathan went where? He was in Philly. Okay. Uh, and was, was that like a big departure for you guys? Were you like, was this a big sad move? Like, yeah, you we know, hope we link back up. We knew, we kind of, it's kind of funny, like we always knew we would end up back together, yeah. <laughs> like in the same place. Yeah. And we always visited each other. We remained, I mean, we were really, really tight knit mm-hmm. um, throughout those years. Um, and then Jonathan first moved back to Chicago. He moved to Logan Square. Um, and maybe for the last year or so we were living in New York, we were scouting sites in Chicago. Um, you know, looking, coming out to, like, flying back home to look at some spots, seeing what might work. Mm-hmm. Um, breweries have very specific needs and space requirements. So Yeah, what are some of those needs? Ceiling. Yeah. Ceiling height. So our ceilings are 16 feet, which is sort of a, a minimum of what you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, a way to load in material. So you need some sort of, like, garage door or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, we are over a basement. Uh, I would never build a brewery over a basement again what happened well so (laughs) (laughs) it sounds so ominous so like you don't even i didn't think of this because i'm not a structural engineer but liquids one of the heaviest things right so if you have eight pounds a gallon sound yeah (laughs) (laughs) and if you have stainless steel tanks which are all already heavy filled with 40 barrels of liquid mm-hmm. uh, you need to have structural support so our basement actually looks a lot like a, a skyscraper there's oh, the structural yeah. steel in there hmm. just hundreds of thousands of dollars of structural steel in our basement um, and that delayed us a little bit in our oh you in our added opening. all of that structural we added steel. all of it yeah and yeah you're so if that you had our known tanks... ahead of time that you wouldn't have well, gotten a place where you had to invest hundreds know. of thousands of dollars into the basement. Uh, maybe not. We are, we like where we are, though. It is a hell yeah. of a location, yeah. Yeah, It's a good location. Yeah. Where yeah. else did you guys look? Were there other um, places you were close to signing up? Yeah, the, where Emporium is. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we looked Because the, they have the Botrus building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Could have okay. been our neighbor. I know. Not the mm-hmm. Emporium West Loop. Emporium no, no, no. The one, the one over here. We were right looking. Next to Slippery Slope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we were looking primarily Logan. Boy, the garbage is really on one today what so, uh, the do not, do not hear the, yeah, yeah. the extended garbage yeah, removal yeah. That's they're just doing it they're, doing they're it. going for it you know they don't stop for this podcast no not yet <laughs> we got to get them on the pod <laughs> we need a few mm, more thousand yeah. that's a form yeah. of hospitality it, oh for yeah a lot of, for, uh, we removal. make a lot of trash yeah, yeah. that's right okay so when you were looking for the space did what the tap it was always going to be a tap room mm-hmm. and then it's a very beautiful tap room and a very mm-hmm. inviting space um how did you guys go about interior design that was the most fun and i still have fun with that and we're currently doing a, a small refresh on the mm-hmm. space um i think kind of like what we were talking about a few minutes ago thinking about you know every time we visited a space particularly breweries in our case we would think about oh we like how this is done we like how XYZ is done. We don't like how this is done. Um, and at the time, so this is now almost eight years ago, and we were designing nine years ago at this point, um, 
we were thinking about how to make a space that is actually inclusive, what, like meaningfully inclusive to people um, at a time when beer had felt a little bit exclusionary or a little bit like a club, mm-hmm. um, craft beer specifically. Yeah. Um, and so that was definitely the eye towards how do we build a space that feels welcoming to, to women, to LGBTQ folks, to people who are new to beer, because um, there's still plenty of people yeah. who don't consider themselves craft beer drinkers. Yeah. You know, but it's drink an intimidating beer. thing. Yeah. And yeah. So is, um, does the name Hopewell kind of tie into the, like, mm-hmm. how did you guys come up with the name? We really, so I think as a, as a baseline, we wanted a name that felt one positive, but also like it could be really flexible and mm-hmm. move with us because we were quite young when we started the business. So it's hard to think of something that's forever when you're that young. So we wanted a name to at least feel like forever. Uh, It does feel like a throwback, especially with the font and stuff, the branding. It does seem like it's been around forever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I can picture my parents drinking that when they were young people. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be around long enough where, you know, Mm -hmm. where it still has that, that like that feeling of being rooted um, welcoming, uh, positive. I think it, it, we, we try not to make it sound super cliche, but it, there is something, um, in beer at the time when we were opening to, to create something that feels like nice, you yeah. know, instead of sort of aggressive yeah. or the like, like heavy met. We talked about this with Michael Nagrant, like the, like yeah. the, uh, or no, with Michael Kaiser about the like aggressive mm. packaging. Mm-hmm. And like, it, there was a time where it was mm-hmm. like, his theory was that it was uh, home brewers who had like corporate jobs and then totally. wanted to let loose on their like side projects. So they had like yeah. all those like, no, I'm not a buttoned up guy who right. does accounting. I'm I, I like heavy metal music. And, yeah, because I think yeah. craft beer came has come in waves uh, in various points in the last few decades, but it, it has been this like anti-authority, anti-corporate thing. Uh, which is there's like a cool part of that obviously like we love we love small business and we love people to support small business but there's an aesthetic that was tied to that yeah yeah so what what do you think contributes to that trend kind of dying off do you think it's like do you think that's so niche that it's Mm -hmm. not attractive Mm -hmm. to investors or Mm -hmm. is it um is it just the taste has changed and design has changed Mm -hmm. to a more minimal clean aesthetic what is that yeah i think it's that and also just the people who are opening breweries there are so many now uh, in chicago that have just uh, a different aesthetic than what we're talking about from the the 90s and early 2000s um i think it's understanding who is coming to your space and who is buying your beer on the shelf that it's not just this particular subset of people who are you know like the angry guy who's sick of his <laughs> corporate job, yeah. you know? So you talked about making the space different from what had existed mm-hmm. before. What were the ways in which you did that and made it seem more mm-hmm. inclusive and especially to these groups of people? Mm-hmm. Um, I think light, that's one big thing. Light is such an important part of the space. Um, and ours, our tap room is, you know, it's a daytime spot. A lot of people come visit, like our, our busiest hours are two to like, seven-ish um and people come i think for the airy the airy feel and i think that when people feel like everything is out out in the open it can feel 
more welcoming. Um, you can bring, you know, a group of 10 to two people it can still feel intimate. Um, and then also how we're presenting beer, how we're talking about beer. So the, there's the surface aspect of it also. So if you are new to beer, um, we, we want to make it easy to, to get in, to jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, if we opened with, um, uh, non-gendered bathrooms, like that kind of thing. Just the, the things, the choices that you can make at the beginning when there are choices available to you. Yeah. yeah. Things and, that maybe seem obvious now, but back then maybe were more innovative or. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Right. Thoughtful, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. it felt like a, oh, whoa, are we doing this? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so the idea of like three college friends who, who have fun, like homebrewing, things like that. And they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, we should open a brewery. I got to imagine there are millions and millions of groups of three friends. Yeah. And almost nobody gets to the point you're at. What do you think was unique about kind of your group of three? Mm. Is it was it your um, complementary skill sets? Was it what do you think um, contributed to you guys getting this far? Or like, I mean, I, and I guess part of that is what are the barriers to entry mm. for a brewery as well? Yeah, uh, capital is yeah. a huge barrier to entry, and we took out massive <laughs> SBA loans. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Was that process difficult? It was difficult. Um, but we, we graduated during the recession. So interest yes. rates were crazy. Low. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Oh, I graduated 2010. 2010. Uh, okay. The boys graduated 2009. Yeah. Danny yeah. and I graduated in 08. So okay. we're all part yeah. of that shit. Storm. Right. Right. <laughs> we're like impossible to get jobs. I think there was something also in the air of well, all this sucks. Mm-hmm. We can't get jobs. And if we do, they're paying nothing. Mm-hmm. I did AmeriCorps because that was the only job I could get at the time and stipend. Yeah. Um, and so there was all, already this feeling of, well, if we can't crack it here, like, why don't we make our own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and we had lots of conversations with banks and I don't know how we convinced them to... <laughs> <laughs> write us massive loan when we had we own nothing the three of us yeah. have nothing they're like all right here's what's your personal financial statement <laughs> my yeah. laptop i don't know <laughs> <laughs> my bike <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we are personally guaranteed like top to bottom yeah. on it all but i think that's the way it goes mm-hmm. yeah and do you do you have like an ongoing relationship with your bank where like plans to grow and stuff like that or is uh, it like you guys are probably i mean I would imagine you're in a pretty good spot now. We would like to pay off the loan mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, be done with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and not have to think about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, not bringing on more debt. Yeah, many times soon. Yeah, yeah, it's very stressful. It is so stressful. Oh my god, especially <laughs> just I mean, like over your head the yeah. whole time. And I don't like. I don't want to talk about COVID too too much during this conversation, but. Especially yeah. during those years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. felt it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jim for handling uh, all our banking. Yeah. That's my business partner. Yeah. So. Shout Thanks, out Jim. to Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know, during that time, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm spending so much time trying to get all these like PPP, EIDL. Like, yeah. what did I do with yeah. my time before this? Yeah. Every day yeah. we were hearing from like other businesses like, oh, there's a new thing you totally. can try. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of scrambling during that time. Yeah. 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 So now I, w- I would assume operations are back to normal. Yeah. For the most for the part. Most part. Yeah. This this summer um, felt like the first season that was like, all right, we're we're just we're doing it the way that either we used to or we've revamped the way we're we're doing things. Um, a big shift for us was we so we used to self distribute, 
we operated in all you know three tiers in the in the craft beer industry. Yeah. Um, and in March we signed on with Lakeshore, so that was a really huge shift for our business because mm-hmm. essentially that was it, it was becoming so big that it was like its own business. Yeah. Um, two vans out there five days a week with a cold storage uh, warehouse offsite. Managing that um, and staffing that consistently was so hard to do. And John, it meant that Jonathan was sometimes doing deliveries in the van, which is not ideal to have him. But who doesn't like to see Jonathan? Everyone. Especially when he's rolling up with beer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Beer guy. I mean, it's great, right? Like, people love seeing the owner. Yeah. Um, But it's also like. Yeah. So, was that, was that, did you have to do that to get to the volume where it would make sense to sign on with somebody like Lakeshore? Or was it just like, or they could keep investing in their own yeah, self-distribution? Yeah, right. So we have could another van. Yeah, there were like two. Shifts. There were two like tracks. Yeah, we could go, keep on investing in the self-distribution side of the business and continue to grow the business sort of incrementally, or sign on with the wholesaler where we can focus on being a supplier, um, focus in on you know brewing productions, hire more people in brewing. And then also turn on, you know, bigger accounts, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to sell to grocery stores, you know, in, yeah, in a meaningful right. way. Yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's also a strategic partner, I suppose. Totally. Yeah. 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 For us, we do we do all of our fulfillment ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we also have like the two paths. It's like we could continue to do this yeah. and warehouse everything and, and ship on demand, or we could go to a distribution center. Yeah. But because we have like bulk orders, but we could also have like some people ordering three aprons yeah there's no like economies of scale on order fulfillment with dcs that we've talked to I so see. we're kind of stuck doing it ourselves and we've gotten really good at it yeah but it, w- yeah we, we feel that pressure right too. it's a whole other business yeah it really is yeah especially and you have to now, be good at it right yeah when you have so many different SKUs, it's right. a lot to manage right so yeah yeah so it's a, it's been a big shift and we're kind of learning what it means to work with a distributor after you know seven and a half years of doing it ourselves and Mm -hmm. controlling everything we knew i knew exactly when our beer would get to you know xyz account Mm -hmm. be like all right it got delivered there yeah now a customer could text you and be like where's my beer i don't know all right i guess (laughs) let me talk to lake shore and see where the driver is on the route yeah like that's a whole bunch of stuff i'm not handling like millions of checks though which is nice Mm -hmm. something i had to do is collect all the checks and yeah and throw them in the air (laughs) (laughs) right This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander while balancing on a subtle floral edge thanks to the addition of osmanthus blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, complete your bar. So how would you describe um, Hopewell's brewing style? Mm. Like what, uh, if someone's like, well, what's your brewery all about? If someone like me asked you a question that sounded like exactly like this. <laughs> yeah, on a podcast. Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically, you're suppose on a podcast. You're, yeah, suppose you're uh, in front of a mic. <laughs> mm-hmm, how totally. would you answer this question? Uh, how would you describe it? Because it, it does mm-hmm. feel different. But if somebody was like, hey, tell me about Hopewell's style, I'd be like, I don't have the vernacular. Yeah. But, it's it is hard to succinctly say it because yeah. we we don't specialize in like a particular style. We do brew across 
the spectrum. But I think the through line amongst it all is that it's that we try to remain focused. So there's a reason that we're going to make our Czech dark lager, or there's a reason we're going to make, um, you know, this Czech style Pilsner, two Czech examples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if, if we are making something, it's because it, one, it fits in our broader like year plan mm-hmm. of offering things that are varied. Um, but that we think that we also have a particular like skill set in, in brewing, you know, that, um, we're, we definitely don't play around too much with adjuncts. So adding, you know, wild things to our beer, um, that I think is, um, you know, unique about what we do. It's like very focused. We're making, we try to make true to style, you know, interpretations, mm-hmm. but still Can without being like, like German. Okay. So the yeah. no adjunct thing, yeah. what is an example of someone who does and what it like what are they adding you know you you'll wouldn't... see like you know crazy amounts of fruit or candy or pastries or something like that okay, um, got it. yeah and like the piquette with like a fruit flavor or something are you not adding a piquette did you say yeah what? so i actually this i yeah i figured yeah. that was yeah. that <laughs> so that so i brought um our neonet which is a riff on piquette style and so that we're using whole fruit and this we think of more as a co-fermentation it is a co-fermentation got so, it it's not like a flavoring yeah like the stuff you're talking about is post-ferment yeah that people right, would do right 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 and you're saying that or you, you might ferment never... with it but it's almost more like a i don't know it's like goofy <laughs> we I, i'm not trying to say like we're too serious about no, what no, we do uh, yeah, but it is we we take it very seriously you're saying, it sounds like what you're yeah. saying is the stuff you're doing is a little bit more natural and less like forced maybe and yeah strange. yeah or and it just it has to taste good like yeah. at the end of the day it mm-hmm. has to taste good and there has to be a reason why we're using any particular ingredient okay if it's just to say we did it it's like well yeah i was not use of, it then <laughs> i was thinking of david's tea when you go in there and they've got like bins and they have like the birthday cake one with like yeah. and it's got like sprinkles in it. you're like what the hell is this it's just <laughs> that's a crazy tea, tea. yeah it just comes off it's very gimmicky is that a real tea they do yeah they just got uh, they were just throwing <laughs> anything out there at one point <laughs> yeah and there are places that do it I and it's fun i think you can fun. find that in nature rainbow sprinkle tea yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's fun it's for people. For like, I don't want to, yeah, you know, yeah. if, like, if that's what makes no, people but into like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. us, I think we're just, like, very, we, we try to be really intentional about whenever we're making anything. And so, like, our core beers that we offer year-round, we're constantly critiquing it. We're, we're always tasting it. We're yeah. always trying to nudge it. So, like, um, you know, there's that, like, math problem i'm not a math guy but um if you're trying to take if you have 10 steps until you get to the wall and you reduce it by half you have five steps and you keep reducing that amount by yeah, half you're never, touch you're never touching the wall mm-hmm. so that's how we're thinking about that, that like perfection yeah some you know? movement there you go tim's oh. got it oh nice parabolic <laughs> perhaps <laughs> Just thrown out words. And those are the only those are the only <laughs> two non sequiturs I'm gonna throw into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Of all three of you, who does what? Mm. How do you overlap? How do you determine mm-hmm. each responsibility? Uh, Tim and I have partners and I mean, it's an ongoing process for We're us. We're constantly yeah. defining our roles. Mm. Yeah. And and thinking mm-hmm. about them. Especially with new hires too. Yeah. Is that it's like what could we what could somebody else manage and right. what do we want to what focus on as we're growing the business? Yeah. 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 I, 
I feel very fortunate that there's always been three of us from the beginning because it feels like a really good split for yeah. business operations. Uh, Jonathan handles our distribution and sales, so our distri- distributor relationships now, and um, and managing our sales team because we still have our our sales team out there. Um, and Stephen heads up our brewery production, so it means often he's brewing. That's the place we're currently short staffed. But he's always been involved. He's in always brewing, been right? right. So he writes all of our recipes. Did um, you did you and Jonathan ever do the brewing stuff? N- uh, like helping it like you well. know in yeah. theory how in theory yeah for sure okay, for sure cool. yeah i hope i never yeah. have to do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want me to do it uh but he heads up our brewing production and demand planning and that kind of thing and then i'm more in the operation side of things so anything from hiring to uh marketing so now that we're with lakeshore marketing actually means something mm-hmm. when we were when we were small like without a wholesaler marketing was like i don't know like <laughs> like teaching Lakeshore how to market, you mean? Well, or just like now that GSMs there's, or... uh, we have we need to have like a broader strategy on okay. how we go to market. Yeah. So, Did they push you for that? So it was part of our um, sort of our Deal. reason to go with Lakeshore was mm-hmm. that we can do things like print displays if we wanted to, yeah. or we can do events, we can do like a block party, or maybe we could do like a festival. That's These cool. things that were never. Like accessible to us, yeah. Because who's going to talk to us? Right, like knocking on their door. Um, so that's cool and exciting to think about those opportunities. Yeah. Um, so and, are they thinking of you as a tool in their portfolio? And, and yeah, so I think like, so. Are they kind of pushing you to differentiate yourself and find? No, I think they know. Okay. Like, there's a reason why we're part of the book now. Yeah. Um, They're just wrapping their trucks and Hopewell logos totally. now. <laughs> no, I got the. Uh, cost for that no (laughs) (laughs) i know i always wondered how that worked but i figured yeah yeah they last for multi for a couple years so it can be worth it i I, it's like like, an advertisement driving yeah for me it's like it's exciting from like an ego Ego, uh, standpoint i don't know all the joiners bus stops that tim and i have all (laughs) over town driving crooner yeah yeah Yeah. i saw one of those did you yes on the highway no way someone did it with the decal yes (laughs) were they doing the hand were you driving right next to him so it didn't look we were like a couple lanes away (laughs) trying to make it look we were like (laughs) (laughs) speed up (laughs) he's trying to make it look fake oh my god um, that's cool. I've yet to yeah. spot one. Oh, yeah. Although that's there the are only... a ton of Etsy shops now. Are there? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen that's a ton dumb. on social media, but yeah, not duh. in real life. Yeah. Not in the wild, yeah. as they say. All my paychecks yeah. are going into driving crooners. <laughs> <laughs> Problem. Yeah, you're going to have a whole fleet of cars doing it. <laughs> and that's where the money is. Yeah. That's definitely. smart marketing. <laughs> it could totally be a business. So, working with your husband mm-hmm. and a friend, how are decisions made? Do you think Jonathan's ever like, Boy, I wish these two weren't always married. Or is it? Do you think that you guys? <laughs> I haven't asked him that. <laughs> weren't always married. Like, like it's a Tuesday. We're not like, married today. It's a so third wheel dynamic, but yeah. in a business setting. Yeah. Do you think there's any pressure there? Do you guys talk through your stuff? And yeah, not we that talk Samantha through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's awesome. Steven's always got my back. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. yeah, no, it actually, we're we talk about majority. it all the time. We talk about it all the time how we feel like our partnership is really really strong um, because we do disagree mm. we never fight with each other it's more just we, we all have the same interest right mm. it's like it's what do we think is going to be the best decision for hopewell yeah um we always 
we talk a lot about Hopewell's future together and make sure that we have a shared vision for the future. Because from there, like if you have a shared vision, then any other decision you're making, you know that the other person is just trying to get to that vision right. with you. Yeah, you're aligned in a fundamental way. Yeah. And you're always answering the question of, does that push us closer to this? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And um, we do, we have a, a brand director as well, a fourth person, so that, um, who is a nice voice for us to like push us. Yeah. Because, you know, the three of us, we work together a lot on making sure our business is profitable and solvent uh two good things you know and, and, and the and the fourth person is the person who's like and his name's jake i don't know if you've met him yeah. um but he's always pushing us to do more interesting things and do things that are maybe riskier do things that are um that that keep us on our toes so that because <laughs> sometimes if it were up to the three of us we're like well, let's just make ride or die beer all the time yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's jake's know. background uh he started with us Seven years ago. Okay. So yeah. So he's been. Yeah. He's been with us since almost the beginning, um, and he worked at uh, Beguile Taproom before that. Um, and he's a, a writer by um, training, so he's uh, a great writer and has a good eye for um, for brand uh, design for uh, beer. He's got a great palate. So it's a you know it's nice to have as as the company grows. It's nice to add you know to leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, because the three of us don't want everything to always fall on us. Yeah. I'm trying to retire. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah, you mentioned that the three of you have like a singular vision that you're working toward. Mm-hmm. What is that vision? So I don't think or that there's the an end, end point. Okay, so there's not it. necessarily an end point. Um, basically strategy. Okay. I'm like, what's our strategy to um, make the business healthy, um, to make sure that we can continue to... Cause, so we were we're not super new anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, we're turning eight um, next early next year, um, but in many ways it still feels like we're in like startup mode. Yeah. Just because we were growing that whole time, and when you're growing, you're investing, and you're never really like in a comfortable space. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we've never really been in that comfortable space, and so we want to get to a point where we can staff appropriately when nobody feels like. God, if someone's sick, then like this yeah, would yeah. suck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is currently where we are. Um, like our canning line is down today. Um, I'm hoping if we get it fixed, uh, and if we do, then I'll be hopping on to help with the low buddy pack out. Um, so things like that, where yeah. it just like the pressure points. You want to be a little less stressed. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that's like that. That's a, a big goal of ours. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Less stress. Less that's stress. A good, that's a good yeah. Right and just like make it a good place to work where people can grow with us, offer better benefits and pay people more. And yeah. Like that kind of thing. Do you want to be like in every state, international? No. Yeah. I, how, how do you yeah. guys balance growth? Because there are, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you could blow this thing up, mm-hmm. but then you look at a new Glarus and it's like, man, they're just killing, killing it in it. Wisconsin. Yes. Like, do yeah. you guys want to be mm-hmm. a, a similar institution in Illinois? Um, I don't know that there's a lot of space for another big regional brewery mm-hmm. um we're we're still pretty small um like i don't know if like the barrelage number makes sense but we're like we'll hit under five thousand barrels this year whereas like a you know the half acres of the world are maybe like 60 or so okay um so we're we're small potatoes yeah you know? how many 12 ounce cans in a barrel <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just try to well, put so, it into perspective so, for the yeah, listener Yeah, okay, actually. So I do help package, so I should know this number. Okay. Um, so if we're emptying a 40-barrel tank, we'll make, you know, half of that will go into kegs. So that'll be, like, four, 30 to 40 kegs. Yeah. And then the rest will be cans, and we'll get maybe, like, 250 cases or so. Okay, 24 12s. Uh, in 16s. Oh, 16. We do packs. mostly 16s. Oh, wow. So 12 packs, we do just our ride or die and table salt. And those are fairly small quantities. Like ride or die, we only do like 100 cases of okay. the 12. Table salt is always in my refrigerator. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get those electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's salty. In yeah, a, it's, it's like great. really good way. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the question? No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Just, trying to, just trying to put into perspective like 5,000 barrels for, yeah, we're still, for the average listener, like yeah. how many cases is that, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot of beer for what, like where we are and yeah. how we've been doing it because cool. we were moving it ourselves and, you know, we're like crammed into our yeah. space. Maybe a better way of thinking of it is like how many barrels did you do in the first year versus the 5,000 oh, okay. this year? First year, I don't know, under 1,000. Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty good. Under growth. a thousand, yeah, yeah, and we were draft only. Oh, and well, we were draft nice. only when we first opened. I think for two years we were draft only. Um, that was before we had a keg ramp to offload the kegs. So yeah. on kegging days, I would stand on the other side with Stephen to bring the keg down. But we're different heights, mm-hmm. so it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. so, so you had to wear special shoes. I had to. I think I stood on something. I think I was like elevated somehow, but yeah. we have a keg ramp and I was automated out, which is great. Mm. Yeah. So in 2016, when you opened the doors mm. for the first time, were you like, all right, we're on to something here. Like, this is pretty cool. Do you remember kind of how you, your, your mind space at that point? Yeah, we, we focused really heavily on getting into the bars we liked. Like yeah. that's sort of how that was the, our like go to market strategy was like, all right, what bars do we like? can we get in there like let's get to the places i mean basically like logan square spots yeah right there's a reason why we opened logan square Mm. um so at the time like making sure like all right let's hit up longman like can we get on the lula list can we get on let's get on at parsons you know Mm -hmm. um and you know these places that for us like at that that was where we went that's where we wanted Mm -hmm. to drink our beer like let's get in at the good restaurants and um that was really fun like each time we made those sales and i think that part of me will always be there like getting i'm not a salesperson i don't want to be i shouldn't be because i'll never close <laughs> yeah, <you're> like, <laughs> someone's like yeah I'm, i don't know and you're like that's okay All yeah right, oh yeah 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 Danny like, and i talk about it a lot yeah, we're, we're the same way yeah. <laughs> i'm really bad at it like it's hard to push sorry someone. for bothering it you. is yeah. and you know yeah. i'll tell jonathan i'm like yeah i had a really good conversation with so-and-so and he's like did you get their contact did you, you i didn't know? even get their name I like, no, no i just <laughs> yeah. like he seemed to like me <laughs> yeah, yeah he enjoyed the beer i yeah, think yeah yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah um but that it's always exciting because it feels very gratifying to see our beer somewhere that you respect and you like to yeah. visit what was the first account you guys landed oh what was the first account i mean maybe harding tavern because it's half a block away because <laughs> <laughs> we could Proximity wheel it there with, a, with yeah. a with a dolly what's your current biggest account Parsons, maybe? No. um, Lone Wolf. Okay. That's cool. We just made their shift beer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Which is... I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun collab we did. We don't do a lot of them, but um, 
it was just a conversation over a year in the making and trying to understand what their goals were. And uh, we made a package only shift beer. Um, the design came out really cool. And we just, we were able to talk about it in the same way. Yeah. I think that was like the success of it. It was like we all knew what we wanted. We knew what they wanted. We had like clear expectations. And what, what was the goal for that beer? Uh, well, it's called shift beer. Yeah. Um, so. So there's an implication. Yeah, like really focusing in on sort of like making it an industry mm-hmm. beer. So the style should definitely be, you know, light, easy. It erases your memory from the previous yep. 10 hours uh-huh. of shift. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about your the smallest tip ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I love it, it. It doubles all of your tips <laughs> yeah. as soon as yes. you take one. That's yeah. definitely a definitely. Tim Robinson yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tiniest penny. The tiniest penny. <laughs> um um, so yeah. f- f- on the topic of um, product development, what kind of R&D do you guys do? I would imagine that's got to be a fun perk mm-hmm. of the job is mm-hmm. traveling and trying beers and mm-hmm. visiting breweries. What, what, how do you guys um, tackle that? Uh, collabs are fun. That's a that's yeah. a good way for us to do a little bit of R&D, um, just learning from how other people do it. So we just went out to Minneapolis in uh, over the summer to uh, brew collab beer with Fair State. Um, and that was super fun. Just they're a bigger brewery than us. They're totally different. They make a lot of like THC beverages and mm. um, different, but we could talk to them and learn from them. Um, so that's always fun just to like visit other breweries, small and large, and just get an understanding of how they're doing things. Because yeah. we at our space, we don't really have like a pilot system. We can't make a small batch. Mm. So if we're making something, we got to be, we're like pretty confident. We have to be fairly confident. Yeah. Yeah, We have to commit, um, which is good and bad because, you know, we're fairly confident when we put something out. Like, all right, this this will be good. So how many products do you guys have right now? How many different beers? We have five year rounds um, that we make year round. Uh, And then on top of that, we've got couple seasonals and then we always have limited releases so seasonals are things like our Oktoberfest you know uh limited would be something like our Czech uh Pilsner um that we have currently um that's just sort of like one batch like all right one and done kind of thing Mm -hmm. um we sprinkle those here and there uh just to keep things interesting and are some of, are, do you guys ever, on small batch stuff, do you guys have any loss leaders where it's like, we, we're doing something interesting to mm-hmm. tell a story, but it's okay because we're making our money on our year rounds? Or like, is there pressure mm-hmm. on those new things or is it more a fun um, like yeah, it's, experiment? Yeah, often it's a way for us to either bring back something we made years ago mm-hmm. uh, that we want to revisit. Um, it's, you know, these things always move well in the tap room. They're like specific bars that want something that's like, you know, special or if they want. We don't make a ton of hoppy beers, uh, but when we do, it's going to be this like limited release. It's meant to be had fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, you know, we, we use it to boost the rest of our portfolio for sure. And how many yeah. products do you have in development that are like, we don't know if this will ever see the light of day? I know, you, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. you can't do small batch, but are there things where it's like, oh, yeah. we've always been trying to do this? Yeah, we've, we, we always talk about um, like different styles we'd like to make, and sometimes it takes years to get to it. So we've never made a uh, released a barrel-aged stout ever, uh, but we are this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you time. heard it here first, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> so things like that, we're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. 
And then yeah. for yeah. for collaborations, how yeah. does something like that come about? Is it sliding into DMs? Yep. Is it yeah, people... sometimes or like just you know talking to breweries at either festivals or you know sometimes we visit them. Just people we we like and want to yeah. work with. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. I guess that would be the driving yeah. part behind it because I was thinking like yeah, you know, you can do a collaboration with anybody, but mm-hmm. you got to be answer the question of why like what are we going to yeah. do that's unique what right things are we bringing to the table yeah so. so like one of our early collabs we did was with hot butcher they make totally different styles than us but we both respect each other's process we just respect each other's beers um so how do we make something together so we made like a, a very hoppy lager um it's, we call those now our lupo lager series um it's it's evolved since then but that was sort of the the starting point for that uh, series that we now have, but we were able to learn from them, get our hands on really great hops, because Hop Butcher always has great hops that they use. Um, so that's always fun, just like get getting to dabble in something that you don't normally do. Yeah, without yeah. having to like fully commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Are there any products where you're like, this is going to be a banger, and then people, the audience is like, eh, I don't think so, or mm-hmm. the other way around where you're like, I don't know about this. And Samantha's and like, just yeah. forced to drink blows up can every day at home. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I guess someone's got to drink this one. <laughs> yeah. I got to get through these 200 cans. Yeah, you know, there's always things that you're like, oh, this one didn't really hit as hard. Like, I loved it. Um, and we don't know things, things like beer. It's so hard to know, like, why why certain things work and why certain things don't yeah. really work. Like catching the trends at the right time. Yeah. Um, and we have like a, we have a session IPA that's really low ABV and like, I love it. And I think it drinks really well in the summer and I don't know, it just like never caught on or, or not in the way that we thought it would maybe. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Now. <laughs> yeah. Now. It's and I think it's this. one of our best summer beers. Um, yeah. but it I'm not sure what it is about it. Maybe the time of year. Maybe people are busy drinking like their whatever, like, you know, light things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, To shift gears a tiny bit, because I feel like this is important to you. Um, As far as like the social causes Mm -hmm. um, and kind of those like more charitable inclinations Mm -hmm. of Hopewell, where did that come from within Mm -hmm. you like how did this become such a a cornerstone of your philosophy Mm -hmm. so i i worked in nonprofits before yeah um so my i worked in philanthropy before uh opening hopewell before that um i worked for charitable organizations in oregon um i did americorps like i said um and making the shift to being a business owner i had ask myself a lot well how how are we going to do this in a way that feels like we're still tied to something that's meaningful other than you know selling a thing and and making money hopefully uh (laughs) and you know the the truth is when you open a business anywhere you are taking up literal space you're hiring people you are using resources that are in a community so how are you also giving to the community either monetarily or or how you go about hiring, um, how you, you know, practice what you preach basically. Um, and so that's always been sort of a a leading philosophy for us is, well, can we stand behind our business practices? Can we ensure that, uh, we are making decisions that feel ethical, that are ethical, um, that we have a culture that also 
um, supports that. And then on the, on the side, I'm also a chair for a nonprofit organization. So I, I still currently have a foot in that But like, in that was world. this something that has been ingrained in you since like growing up? Mm. At what point did it mm-hmm. seem so significant toward, you know, to your life's work? I Were guess. you born altruistic? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Or like an experience or something you yeah. witnessed or like, you know, something that really impacted you? Yeah. I did a lot of Habitat for Humanity trips in high school. That was like the big thing I did that was very meaningful to me. Um, I went on these trips to various places in the country every year. Um, that was a huge part of my like friend network and how I just became an adult. Um, and I think also when I went away, went away to college and just learned more about the world, Yeah, that was expanded your world. View. Yeah. Just getting an understanding of, um, just the wider world and how I wanted to be a part of it. Um, whether it's either working directly in nonprofits or just how I can make choices to, yeah. to, to be, you know, um, sort of as forthright as possible. Yeah. Cool. The brewing world <clears throat> has traditionally been male dominated. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing mm-hmm. for the better. <clears throat> Have you, did you, Early on, or even still, have mm-hmm. you ever felt unwelcomed or had like mm-hmm. feelings of like like at events, maybe people yeah. are talking to Stephen more? Mm-hmm. And have you ever like met met any of that? Or yeah, what's there's, your experience there's always been, been as a woman in the industry? I mean, it's like two ways, right? There's always been a sense of like imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. on, like internally. Yeah, and that's a, a personal journey <laughs> that, <laughs> that we all pe- have. That it. we all yeah, have, and we need to like get over or totally. like you know work through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, but there is, there has been a lot of the, um, you know, various meetings where men don't really look at me yeah. <laughs> or ask me <laughs> questions or, or think that I'm part of the meeting. Um, that happens, um, will probably continue to happen forever. Right. Yeah. Um, do you feel that changing or is it yeah, for sure. the same bullshit? For sure. I think, especially given the way that. Uh, the industry in Chicago has developed and matured uh, in a great way. I think one, there's just less space for um, you know hostile work environments mm-hmm. or environments that belittle women and people of color and LGBTQ folks. I think there's more of um, people are more comfortable calling that kind of thing out. Um, the like small microaggressions that you experience on a daily basis that. I think as as much as you can and much as I can, I try to to like in, include women in my in my world, mm-hmm. um, and which is why I'm uh, a chair on a nonprofit organization just to like have that dose of uh, just like different pe- different people who I don't yeah. always get to work with um, to remind me that this this part of my world is not everything, um, and that you know as we hire that we continue to you know find people who who get that mm-hmm. and so when we're looking for like a good fit for hopewell that's always part of it I, and i try to like steer clear of like the word good fit because that can be you know uh that can be uh a way to like discriminate for sure yeah um but w- when i think about it i'm thinking about like all right someone who understands like that we are looking for people who are are can can talk to women without like you know it's just like it's a small ask yeah, i guess it sounds so obvious it sounds obvious but it's not thing, but yeah. it's not right it's yeah. like how do you think about 
sexual harassment in the workplace? You know, how do you think about it? Like, what do you, what is your role in it? Like that kind of thing. Um, and I th- I'm pretty, I'm very proud of the team we've, we've put together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Has that, oh, I was oh, going to no, say, has that, right. that's disappeared? Is there, mm-hmm. are there any other issues in the brewing industry that you feel need to be tackled next? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that things are on a good trajectory? I'm interested to see what happens over the next several years as because there's so many of us who are small business employers. And this is true, I guess, like in hospitality in general. Mm-hmm. We, we only have 14 people, um, but we want to offer things like paid parental leave, right? We have, um, you know, we offer health insurance. Um, but all of this is, you know, op- paid for by the small business. This is true with any small business, in Illinois at least. Um, and so as businesses mature and the industry is mature, how, like, how do we sustain that? That seems, I don't know. I, I would love to see broader, like, public policy mm-hmm. uh, action around things like paid parental leave. Yeah. It's just, it's wild to me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how have you guys balanced that? I mean, you guys are newish parents. Yeah. How, um, as two entrepreneurs working yeah. together, how, how have you guys managed to walk that tightrope? Um, it's hard, but we were able to, we both took time off. Mm. Um, I won't say ne- like not necessarily to the, uh, there were things that didn't happen while we were out. And I think that's the like reality. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we both took time off. Yeah, so it's a sacrifice. On it's both a sacrifice. Ends. And yeah. is that a sacrifice we're okay with? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Right. Um, we, I'd love to grow to a point where that's not always the case. Um, I wish I'd taken more time off, like pumping at work sucked, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but we offer the same amount of leave for anybody who is um, on the parenting journey as well. Um, and that, you know, it's, that is also the sacrifice. Like, all right, well, maybe less gets done. And people, does that mean some people get overworked? For these few months, mm. maybe, yeah, um, and so that's where the pressure points are are really hard to navigate, and yeah, you know, it's uh, I'd love to have more time for people. I'd love to have more uh, support from you know the the state. Yeah, on that, yeah. Hopefully, some state leaders are listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, love, they do love this podcast. They love they the driving crooner references. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they look for uh, for policy yep. influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Danny. Now is the time for the gratuity round. Are you ready? Okay, Samantha. Oh it's God. kind of a lightning round. Okay. What oh, is? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Take a sip of your Lacroix. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. <laughs> what is your death row meal? Thinking pensively. <laughs> Sushi. Yeah. Very good. And oh, wait. Uh, oh. Hedopop. So it's like a sashimi 
Korean sashimi rice. That's okay. what it is. So it's like sushi. Where can we get it? I don't know. I, I make it. Okay. So I'll buy sashimi grade fish from H Mart yep. and then mm. mix it with it's gochujang and vinegar, a lot of lettuce, some uh, tobiko. Um, what else goes in there? Uh, like some perilla leaves for like that like herbiness cool. and rice. Obviously, that sounds rice. great. It's, so it's so almost good. like a Korean poke bowl yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And what kind of fish are you putting in there? Uh, salmon, um, hamachi. I need, I like the fattier fishes like kampachi, hamachi. Cool. Nice. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's something I think I could make at home. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I love it's so good. Mart. We're yeah. gonna get the Samantha recipe. Yeah, so yeah. delicious. Yeah. Cool. All right. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? Like if I know about it, it's probably not a hidden. Nobody gem. likes to be asked this question, <laughs> but we've found so many good places by asking this question. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is how so... I heard about Scofflaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So. I think on the same like Korean food thing, um, there's a, a subset of Korean Chinese Korean food that is Chinese influenced. Uh, jajangmyeon and tangsuyeok yeah, so and jjampong yeah. mm-hmm. are the dishes. Um, I was just turned on to this place actually, but it's called Peking Mandarin. Okay, uh, it lo- looks like a Chinese restaurant. Like you could order kung pao chicken, like general tso's, all that, but they have a few menu items that are this korean chinese hybrid fusion yeah yeah and it's delicious all right very girl. good where is it it's on montrose or lawrence and something okay cool yeah peking we'll mandarin lawrence peking it's on mandarin. lawrence yeah first time has come up yeah i'm gonna that. check it out it's great it's great i love it's just like really hearty and, and they have jajangmyeon and all they that have stuff. jajangmyeon they have tangsuyok the ta- i thought the tangsuyok is um a korean uh sweet and sour pork Okay. And theirs is so crispy. Nice. So, so crispy. Yeah. Great tip. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite fast food? Hot dogs. Okay. I love hot dogs. I love she corn dogs. Dog. I love corn dogs. Okay. Where are you going for corn dogs? Well. County fair? County fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the county fair. She there's has a, a calendar of all the county fairs. Yeah. There's a, that's my that's favorite, her phone background as the calendars. My favorite county, county fair is in Michigan. It's the Berrien Youth County Fair. So all the kids bring their... Um, animals that they've been raising mm. all season and they show like goats and cows and pigs yeah. and the kids like these kids are sleeping in the stables with their animals um, at, like I, as a very much a city kid I'm like what yeah, um, yeah but it's it's so cool and the corn dogs are delicious yeah where's your <laughs> hot dog spot in the city mm. where's my hot dog spot in the city I mean, I like to make hot dogs at home. Okay. I like the hot dog hot dogs from Fresh Market. Actually, you yeah. just were talking. Boil or grill? Uh, both. Okay. So a little bit of like steeping and then finish on the grill for char marks. Are you and steaming then, your bun or grilling your bun? Um, I'm not grilling the bun. Are you the cook at home? Yes, primarily. Primarily. Sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, primarily. I like the if I'm at home, it's just caramelized onions on the hot dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one. I'm not gonna do the whole like. I'm not going to do the whole, like, drag through the garden no. at home. Yeah. You know, I don't it's have room much. in my space to have all yeah. those You need a lot. It takes up a, my entire refrigerator door is Chicago dog Stuff. stylings. Yeah. yeah. But caramelized onion and, mu- and mustard is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It's really good. Yeah. Or even a little sauerkraut in sauerkraut? a pinch. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to caramelize the onions. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. A good answer. What is your favorite non-Hopewell beer? Hmm. 
and maybe even split this into what's your favorite macro beer? Mm-hmm. High Life. Mine's High Life. For sure, High Life. Uh, <laughs> Danny and I were drinking it last night. High Life. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Non-Hopewell beer. We I, you know what? I literally, <laughs> I literally ask this question at every like job interview. Like I'm <laughs> when I interview <laughs> people, I should know my answer. <laughs> Shouldn't I? No well, one's flipped it on you. In yet. a previous I article, know. you said stuff like Iswas. Iswas is delicious. Know. Yeah, it depends on my mood, right? Like that's the great thing about beer is because like it, it's so there's so much and it's like mood and nostalgic. So like if I'm feeling uh, like I want to go outside then half acre doesn't always bring back tuna but i think they recently brought back tuna um that's a great beer for being outside love it um how often are you drinking beer not that often maybe like once a week is it your drink of choice sometimes but if i don't want to think about work yeah it'll be like a red wine that can be chilled chillable red (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah cool Mm -hmm. but often if i'm drinking beer if it's not our beer even if it's our beer, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it could be different. Like, yeah, it, if it's like it... someone else's beer and I'm like not vibing with it and I like think about what I'm not vibing about and then, or if I love it and it's perfect, I'm like, okay, how could we do that? <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, it can be kind of exhausting. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. What's your favorite dive bar? I'm not really a dive bar guy. Okay, you that's know, okay. I'm not. Do you um, live in Logan? I do. Yeah. Um... I think for some of the same, like, it depends, right? Like, uh, I have gone to Edelweiss. Do I love it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know enough. what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes it smells like, one time I walked in there and I was like, it really smells like eggs in here. Danny and I were talking <laughs> last night about a bar. I had an idea for a bar where it's just high life and pickled eggs. And Danny did not seem enthusiastic about my it idea. It would smell horrible yeah now samantha is on my side it would smell horrible but that okay but there were eggs on the bar top i was like yeah. why does it smell like eggs? yeah and there's a reason you were at yeah. Moe's tavern yeah yeah <laughs> most i you, i used to live over by Moe's tavern yeah oh that Moe's tavern yeah. i was talking simpson stuff oh, oh yeah I, yeah yeah uh all right favorite cocktail or what do you look for on a cocktail menu yeah spirit of choice or spirit of choice style. probably like a, a gin. I like gin cocktails a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the herbal, anything that's a little bit herbal. Herbal uh, gin cocktail. Yeah. Stirred, shaken, refreshing, boozy. Refreshing, it, for sure. Not super not, bitter. Yeah. But I, sometimes I like a bitter. Okay. Sometimes, bitter, you know, refreshing, depends. Herbal like, gin situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you can make me something. Yeah, you got it. He will. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's the point of this question. Right. Oh. It will release oh, okay. with the episode. Okay. <laughs> what is Hopewell's best selling product? Highest volume, I guess. Uh, highest volume, I think it's Ride or Die. Ride or Die. It's a tie between sometimes Ride or Die and First Pills. Mm-hmm. Um, First Pills is a really strong draft uh, beer for us. And so, therefore, the volume is high. Yeah. Uh, but Ride or Die's package is insane, and the draft has gone up. So, yeah. What unexpected trivia category would you dominate? <laughs> <laughs> maybe birds yeah wow. are you bird watching maybe yeah Did you go to, like birds? have you been to meadowlark their last menu is all birds of no. north america really it's pretty oh, cool. you got to get to meadowlark well we got to get that old menu for you ah cool prettiest menu in the game too yeah. yeah birds just and that's just like you know having fun walking around yeah. <laughs> the woods looking at birds yeah. and i have the app 
like the Merlin. Oh, that's cool. The bird ID app. Oh, I need to get the app. Yeah. yeah. During the pandemic, Stephen. So Stephen's a huge birder. That's like, like a grown-up version of really? you doing geocaching. <laughs> no, I'm a birder now are you? too. Are you? Yeah. A lot of people are. We're so we're thinking of doing like a a bird, a Hopewell bird uh like outing of some kind that would be cool mm -hmm. mine is just at my dad's house there's just a lot of birds and yeah. when you spend a lot of time outside kind of watching the river it's like there's drama in the bird world for sure they're fighting yeah we yeah. got hummingbirds right now are going yeah. after each other yeah. we yeah. have uh egrets like before it rains like 20 egret, white egrets will go into the same tree you kind of can cool. tell like nature no if you watch yeah, nature you can see yeah. the different cadences and things yeah they it's know fun. they know stuff yeah. we know we did a an owl course during the pandemic mm. <laughs> like uh that you and steven to learn about owls yeah. did you dissect a pellet no i thought about it but i was like i don't want to spend money on shipping <laughs> owl pellets to, <laughs> to get mice bones right right yeah cool that's a good answer um all right to what do you attribute your success am i successful uh assuming you are assuming i am yes yeah. oh gosh i think I'm going to say my two other business partners. I think cool. they've, it's just been a really supportive relationship over the last, I mean, since I've known them, um, but especially during times that have been really, really tough. Um, and just uh, knowing that they've got my back, knowing that, um, that we're in it together and um, till we die. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. i mean kind of yeah. our like our like we joke it's kind of it's harder to get out of than a marriage you yeah. know oh yeah that's yeah. something i've never really thought of it's yeah very, it's you have business terrifying. partners right yeah, yeah. unless you get bought out right and like in which you know. case you're like peace yeah, <laughs> yeah. see you never yeah. see you fuckers <laughs> Um, well, something, sorry, a real quick-ish question that we didn't sure, get Danny. to. Yeah, that um, what do you think was the most chaotic moment in Hopewell's life outside of the pandemic? Oh. Like a time that you were like, oh uh -huh. my yeah. gosh, yeah. this is a full-scale emergency. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like different taproom emergencies, right? So like when people get locked in bathrooms and mm. you got to call the fire department, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Is it just you kicking <laughs> Who got locked out? in? Uh, just like... Someone just give well, their also, like, very, it's address. happened a couple times. It doesn't happen that often. Uh, someone got locked in, I think, because our lock broke. Oh, it was a patron. Mm. It was a patron. Okay. So that's lock sucked. breaking is yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one. Uh, someone fell asleep. You know, that happens. Yeah. Do you have any Dead fun sober. or funny so actually, so overserved stories? We never, um, uh, <laughs> we don't ever show sports yourself? games, but we did during the World Series. Yeah. Because we're like, well, this is like a once in a lifetime, yeah, right? Literally. In, yeah. They have to go somewhere with right. the TV. Right. And so we were showing the Cubs game. It was like the, the final game. Uh, and obviously we won and it was amazing. People are like running in the streets, screaming, and we're closing up shop and one of our doors is locked. We're like, fuck, someone's sleeping in there. And so we open it with a key and this guy's full asleep sitting on the toilet, like hun oh, <laughs> hunched no, over. Yeah. And we're like, Are you okay? And he looks up and he goes, Did we win? We're like, yeah, buddy, we won. We won. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty great one yeah it's, it was kind of heartwarming you know he was like okay that went right back to sleep for two more hours and then you're like we'll leave you be yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> take your time you. yeah yeah <laughs> this is your place now yeah all right and then we have a new last question we're we changing up the gratuity new. round you're okay. the first person to answer this yeah. one fresh batch of question 
What advice would you give a young Samantha who wants to start a brewery? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, spend less money on furniture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like like personal furniture or for the tap room? For the tap room. <laughs> I love that it's such like a clear piece of advice. Yeah. That's very Does it just get beat to hell or is it uh, you guys just went really high end? Uh, we, well, we just got like a really nice design on these tables. Mm-hmm. It's great. Herringbone wood, mm-hmm. but herringbone wood with beer all over. It's just like splitting. Because of all the seams. All the seams. Yeah. yeah wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Wrong choice. Yeah. So think a little bit more practically sometimes. I think I, like early on, I was not as practical of, of a person and I've become more practical. Some would say jaded, you know, <laughs> try not to Experience. be. Experience. I think it, yeah. that's common as yeah. you're, Yeah. 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 You have all these ideas of like... Yeah, right. and you learn which ones to say no to. Yeah, yeah. So what I think about a lot is Longman and Eagle used to have these like <laughs> cute little wooden candle holders on their tables, each of their tables that they handmade in their wood shop. Yeah, that Robert made yeah, or something. Right. Yeah, they, they got stolen every single night. Yeah. All the time. It's a beautiful gesture. Yeah. Well, right? similarly, this is actually pretty funny because Tim's sitting right next to me. They made uh, really nice coasters for Heavy Feather uh-huh. and... The way you know we're like let's have some nice leather coaster yeah. and feather they all got stolen yeah, yeah. just like but we like dokey. kind of expect that stuff like we, yeah. we designed um for when royster opened we yeah. worked with brochure to make these um um flatware holders okay. so it was like yeah i remember that it was, it was a bundle. cool design yeah, yeah. Like, um it was a little loop that held chopsticks and oh, kind cool. of held the whole thing together yeah those got stolen like constantly yeah um, yeah. We designed a thing for... Uh, then we went to Brochu's house, and he had thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also designed something for Etoko for um, for Chef Gene. It was like uh, similar. It was like a thing to hold um, the napkin and chopsticks. Mm. And then they were going to be expensive to make, and we're like, these are just going to get stolen. I don't yeah. know if this is worth it. And yeah, we yeah, ended yeah. up not making them. Uh. But I think it is an opportunity to have like a leave behind, like with the, it's right. like a marketing right. thing a little right. bit. It's, yeah, it's right. like the, right. the shot saying. glasses at Scofflaw when we opened were like these like cordial stemmed yeah. shot glasses and they, cool. they got stolen Locked all the time. Yeah. 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 yeah I got it's like, what are you okay with saying <laughs> goodbye to? Yeah. People, yeah, we, we had people um, taking our candles a mm. lot, uh, which was a pain in the ass because the way that some folks would do it would pour the hot wax oh, down the oh. sink oh, oh no in the bathroom, <laughs> in the bathroom. oh god i know and so then we moved to oil diffusers yeah it's hard to steal that's yeah. so fucked up i know i remember walking people were flushing straws in our toilets like handfuls of pla- like a long time ago they were plastic straws a long time ago. yeah just someone shoved like handful of black plastic straws and like totally fucked up our plumbing oh, was god. it arthur no, I've, I've been at your house yeah. multiple times where you're like, don't use that toilet. Arthur's flushed something. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I walked out of our one of our bathrooms and I saw someone uh, walking out with like one of our like little little floral vases. So I just took it from their hands. Like That's not yours. Insane. <laughs> it's like, you know. Uh, but people. Otherwise, mostly great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we love our customers. <laughs> yeah. And a so wonderful great. note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. This yeah, was a lot thank of fun. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being here. I know. And that concludes our conversation with Samantha Lee of Hopewell Brewing. Thank you for listening. And remember, check us out on Instagram for exclusive contents, 
reels by the Goosemeister. Cocktail recipes. Throwback photos. All Did I stuff. Say throwback photos? Yeah, something like that. Hey. <laughs> hey, we're freestyling it, baby. We're from the hip. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, you probably noticed that we mixed up the gratuity round. We realized that the last two questions, the complaining about bars and restaurants, we've, I think we had covered pretty much every yeah, complaint. A lot of complaints were heard. Yeah. Um, and they have been and none of them have been <laughs> rectified. Not yeah, a single exactly. one of them has been addressed by the industry <laughs> at large. Um, and also, the best thing about Chicago's hospitality industry, it's unanimous. Um, we, we've got a great close-knit group of restaurateurs, chefs, and patrons, and you can eat pretty much any cuisine. There's high end, low end. It was starting to be redundant. So we have a new form, which is... What advice would you give a younger version of yourself when you're starting your business or starting down your career path? And yep. I think that would be a little more insightful. Samantha's answer was amazing. It's going to be hard to top <laughs> it was that very one. precise. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it was good. So anyway, thanks for listening. Remember to drop us a review. If you're so inclined. And tell Correct. 10 friends. Tell 10 friends to, to listen or to drop a review. <laughs> that you've reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> And hey guys, ask, you know what? I just love to review. to review your review. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Russian doll <laughs> review situation. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh,